Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, and welcome to the very first podcast of my episode... Oh my god, I mean episode of my podcast. We are off to a great start. Hello, welcome to the very first episode of my brand new podcast, I Almost Died. I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is going to showcase the amazing, terrific luck that I have that's gotten me into some circumstances throughout my life where I have almost died, if you couldn't tell by the title. This podcast is going to be really fun and really exciting, and I know that podcasts like Typically, you don't think, whoa, craziness, excitedness from podcasts. I think of like a soccer mom sitting in her minivan listening to a podcast while her four children are like getting out of daycare. That's what I think of when I think of podcasts. But this is no such thing. We are going to have a freaking blast here. I'm going to tell stories of how I almost died and also have some of my friends be guests on here. Some familiar faces, if you do not live under a rock and use TikTok and YouTube. We're going to have some awesome guests here and also share their stories of how they almost died. I am super excited because today for the very first episode, I'm going to be telling you the story of how I got in a motorcycle accident and nearly freaking died in Bali, Indonesia. This is a story that I've kind of like briefly told on YouTube and like on live streams and stuff, but I've never really gotten into it because it was like still kind of recent and it still stressed me out because it was a stressful, traumatic moment. But today, I break my silence and I'm telling you the story. So, let's begin. Let's take it back to November 2019. Me and my friends, uh, my three friends, we wanted to go on a fun little trip. This was before COVID where going on a trip doesn't kill you and your entire family. And we decided on going to Bali. Like we'd been to Mexico and places like that before. For the people watching this on the YouTube version of this podcast, you just saw the giant piece of spit fly out of my mouth. I am so sorry. Ew, that was so disgusting. Anyways... We decided on Bali because like we'd been to Mexico. Everyone loves Mexico. Mexico's a beautiful place, but we've been there multiple times. We know Mexico like the back of our foot. We wanted some spice. We wanted to spice it up. And we decided to go to Bali, Indonesia. It's freaking far. I didn't realize how far away Bali, Indonesia is. Like I'm good with geography, but this little island is 30 hours away from North America. It's crazy. So it was a long flight. 
if you couldn't tell, I flew from Edmonton, Canada to Vancouver, Canada to Taipei, Taiwan, and then from Taipei, Taiwan to Bali, Indonesia. And I flew by myself because all my friends are American and I'm the only Canadian. So it was a long, lonely flight where I literally, I didn't even have Netflix. I just was in a coma for 30 hours and it was not fun. But anyways, we got there. We got to the airport. We were so excited for our trip. Um, whenever I go on trips, I don't really plan anything. I just kind of like hope there's fun things to do when I get there. And then I just do them. I seek them out and I, cause I'm a thrill seeker and I love, I love adventure. I'm just kidding. I go on TripAdvisor and I'm like, what's fun to do? Do y'all got, y'all got trampoline parks. And then if there are no trampoline parks, I just go to the beach usually. But anyways, we got there and let me tell you, Bali is hot and it is also humid. I can handle one of those things, but if I get both of those at the same time, I go into heat stroke. And baby, right off the bat, I was in heat stroke. It was not good. It was not good. I was not doing well. But we get out of the airport. We get our bags, which I was really surprised that they had our bags because, like, the airline that I flew on literally felt like it was just a flying boat. It did not. I thought they were going to lose all my stuff and also eject me from the airplane. Anyways, we managed to get there with all our bags off to a great start. The first red flag, the first thing leading up to my potential death was the roads. I should have really analyzed what I was getting myself into because these roads in Bali are very narrow. One, there's no lanes. Two, a lot of it is just dirt. And three, there is no lanes. It is a road with no lanes. And four, yep, there's a fourth point. The fourth point being, everyone rides these little motorcycles. And I'm like, okay, like, they seem pretty easy to maneuver. And you would see everyone riding these motorcycles in Bali. Like, we're talking, like, old, like, 80-year-old Australian grandmothers. Like, these white foreigners zooming around on these things like like they're in Mario Kart. Like, they're at freaking, like, Coconut Mall. And it's just nothing to them. And I'm like, okay. It can't be that hard. There's no way riding these motorcycles could even be in the slightest bit hard. So we get to our villa, which by the way was beautiful. Like where we stayed, honestly, was probably one of the nicest places I've ever stayed. Like I literally felt like like I did not belong there. I felt like a little peasant and I accidentally snuck into like the castle. I was like, what is going on? It had like this beautiful pool. It was like two stories. (sighs) I miss it so much. But nevertheless, when we got there, we're like, what do we do? Like, you can't get around. There's no sidewalks on the roads pretty much anywhere. So you're like risking your life walking on the edge of the road, praying like a bus doesn't run you over. It's really scary. But we're like, okay, like, should we just bite the bullet and like, and like get a motorcycle? Like, none of us know how to ride it. Two of us don't even have our driver's license. But like, should we, should we get motorcycles? Should we rent motorcycles? So what did we do? like the stupid foreigners from North America that we were. <sighs> we rented motorcycles. We walked our um, our butts down to this, uh, this motorcycle rental place that was near us. I'm not going to name drop them, even though I think I might have in my YouTube vlog where I vlogged the whole situation. But this place was like really close to us. So it was like easy to get to. And we walk in and it's this like, I want to say 50-year-old French man who ran the place. And he's like, oh, ho, ho. no, we're not doing 
Ben, we are not doing the French accent. I'm so sorry to everyone who just heard me say hon, hon, hon. That, anyways, was a French man um, who owned this motorcycle place. And we're like, okay. And we looked it up on like Yelp and TripAdvisor and it seemed okay. There was like a few one-star reviews. But sometimes when I go to a website, I just don't feel like reading at all. So I just skip it. Anyways, we walk in. Um, he was fairly nice. He kind of he kind of had this impression that we knew what we were doing, so he was just very fast with the rental. He like gave us this contract and was like, "Okay, okay, we're not doing the. Oh my god, we're not doing the accent." He's like, "Okay, sign sign these papers, and uh, you can rent it. You want it for a week? You got it for a week." So he takes our driver's licenses. I give him mine. I did give him my driver's license. And he, like, writes down all our information, takes our names. I'm like, okay, alrighty. <sighs> the second warning leading to my potential death was when we got on these motorcycles. And I immediately didn't know what anything did. It was very much like when you're riding a bike for the first time. You're like, what do these gears do? What, what is turning this do? I had no clue what anything did. And he rented it to us, assuming we were like pros at this. I thought it like came with like a little training lesson or like training wheels or something. No, it was just ours. And immediately I was like, "Y'all, this is not, this is not it. I really don't want to do this like to my friends that I came with. And they're like, um, they basically like guilt trip me into, into riding the motorcycle. Cause like realistically, what else would I do? They would all be zooming around, going to all these fun places. And I would just probably be stuck back at the Airbnb. So like, like peer pressure, it kind of works, but I really wish it didn't work on me because of what you're about to hear. So right off the bat, I, I just hit the gas and we're in this parking lot and there's like a road in front of us. I go straight into the road. Now, you all know how roads work. The traffic is going in one direction. I, that's what makes you beautiful. No, we're not saying that. Anyways, the traffic goes in one direction. I flew into that traffic going the opposite direction, like literally flew over the sidewalk into the road because I just gas it right off the bat, like literally almost at a wheelie. And I'm like, <laughs> and I like managed to stop on the other side of the road in the ditch. I'm like, oh my God, I like bit off more than I can chew. I don't know what I'm doing. This is like a terrible idea. Like, <laughs> mama, like it's not, this is not it. And all my friends are like, okay, you just like need to like figure it out. Like it can't be that hard. And like deep down, I was like, uh-uh, it's that hard. It is that hard. But then I started to think about like all the like Australian grandmas riding around on their little motorcycles, having a jolly old time. Like, the, like it was nothing to them. So I'm like, Okay, like I can do it. I can do it. How how difficult can it be? So we get in like kind of like a little formation. None of us, mind you, had ridden motorcycles ever before. We get in our little formation and we start going down like these easy, not too busy roads. And we're doing okay. We're honestly doing okay. It's kind of like literally just like a bicycle. <sighs> Oh my God, I'm literally remembering how bad this was. It gets worse, like just as the story progresses, it just finds ways to get worse. I literally don't know how I'm still alive. Anyways, we're in our little formation and for about 10 minutes of riding these things, I was like, we're gonna be okay. This trip is gonna be amazing. 
I really figured it out. I really figured out how to ride a motorcycle in less than 10 minutes. <laughs> the intersections in Bali do not have lights. Some streets, it's just a constant flow of traffic and you have to worm yourself in to get through. And also in Bali, this, they drive on the other side of the road. You know, here in North America, you drive on the right side of the road and people pass you on the left side. It is reversed there. That means that every single thing in your brain that tells you how to drive, you have to flip it. And it's freaking hard. I was like struggling. Like we started making some turns and I'm like, oh, that is very questionable. I really don't like that. But we um we eventually got to this one intersection. <sighs> We get to this one intersection and this is a busy road. I'm talking like a busy freaking road. This has like traffic going like probably like 30 miles per hour. It's like going both ways. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know about this. And not only that, we have to turn right, which is basically like, it's like a left turn in like North America, like you have to like yield to traffic and find like an opening, a perfect opening in the traffic to worm yourself in so you don't get killed. <laughs> so on these bikes, well, you, you know when you're riding a bicycle, imagine you're riding a bicycle right now, you've got your hands on both of the, both of the like the handlebars, I guess it's just one handlebar. You've got both your hands on the one handlebar, the singular handlebar, and to turn, you have to like push it and like balance your weight. When you were on a motorcycle, there is like inertia or something about physics that I never like learned because I dropped out of physics, but it is almost impossible to turn or steer when you were going freaking fast. Now, we get to this intersection and my friends, they're like also kind of like worried. They're like, how do we like get through this traffic? Like it's not stopping. There's no break. It was like rush hour Bali time. Like what the heck do we do? And they managed to get through. I literally blink and they're gone. I'm like, that's really good. I am now alone on a motorcycle that I don't know how to ride in the middle of Bali, Indonesia. I don't speak the language. I am terrified. So <laughs> they're gone. I'm like, I have to catch up to them. Like, I can't lose my friends. I didn't have a like a SIM or like a like I couldn't text because I didn't have a cell phone plan there. So I like wouldn't be able to contact them. Like I had to catch up with them. I literally had to. So I'm waiting for my moment. There's cars passing. I'm like, I I don't I just have to go for it. Like there'd be like tiny moments where I'm like, I think I can make it. And then like I definitely could make it. And then I just, I just, I just go for it. I pull the gas thing as hard as I can. And once again, it's almost like a wheelie. I forget that you just go. You literally just go when you pull that gas. My wheel goes up and I literally can't even control it because you steer the front wheel only. Like you can't turn it, especially when the front wheel is in the air. And I'm, <laughs> when something like this happens, it happens in slow motion. It is insane. You literally like, it feels like it's an hour long thing. And then it's like five seconds. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's literally... Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Let's take a break. I need to recollect myself. Oh my God. Okay. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. So, I am going on a wheelie towards a van that is driving in the opposite direction that I am going. It is coming head on towards me, and I can't steer out of the way because it's like going so fast, and I'm also a weak little spaghetti noodle, so I can't exactly turn it myself. And what happens? I slam into the front of this van. I couldn't feel it because there's so much adrenaline that pumps through you when you get in an accident like that. So there's just adrenaline pumping. I fly off the motorcycle and my body hits the front of the van and I like hit the ground. And when you have all that adrenaline, you're like, <laughs> like, what just happened? I get up and I just start screaming. I'm literally like shrieking. Like I had no other clue what to do. I was like, <laughs> like freaking out. And I run out of the traffic because this was in the middle of an intersection. There were still cars coming. Like, mind you, some of them had stopped, but a lot of lanes were still going. And I'm like, for the people not watching on the YouTube video or for the people listening, <laughs> that's me hitting my hand against my mouth because it it was just so traumatic. And I get to the side of the road and I'm just screaming. And I look up. First of all, I look at myself and I see that I'm bleeding. My arm was scraped up, my knees were scraped up, and they were bleeding. I'm like, that's good, but I couldn't feel it, which made me even more scared. So I started screaming even more. And then <laughs> I look up at the accident that I had just caused. There was three parts to it. One, the van was completely totaled. The whole front of it, the hood was like popped off from literally my body hitting it, like crushed up metal, like think like a can and it's like crunched. The second part of this accident was the motorcycle, the whole front wheel, all the things attached to it were like broken. There's pieces of plastic and metal on the ground. It was like twisted. Like if you took a motorcycle and you were like a big old big boy giant and you just grabbed it and twisted it, that's what the motorcycle looked like. And then the third part is the man who is driving the van gets out and he's walking towards me screaming in the native language of Indonesia. And in this moment, I've never felt more like scared, helpless, terrified. It's truly something scary to be that much like in over your head. <clears throat> That's me choking on the COVID-19 in my throat. It to be that like over in over your head is like just so scary i was in a completely different country who knows what could happen oh i know what could happen because i'm telling the story anyways let's get on with it this guy's like coming towards me and he's yelling at me and out of the blue i know this sounds like a fun little netflix original plot twist out of the blue is the man and his daughter who rented me the motorcycle they just happened to be driving by when this happened and they saw me literally get in the car accident on their bike that they rented to me and i'm like oh my god like to see a familiar face during all of that was like literally like seeing a guardian angel 
and I go, they, or they come over to me while this guy's screaming at me, and they kind of talk to the guy um, in the language of Indonesia, which I really need to figure out. Is it just Indonesian? I think it might just be Indonesian, but we're gonna say the language of Indonesia just in case it's not. I don't. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Anyways. So the guy who rented it to me starts talking to the guy that I just totaled his vehicle and they're like, okay, like this guy is very mad. Like you definitely just destroyed his vehicle. Um, you're going to have to like, uh, fix this. And mind you, when I went on this trip, uh, it was kind of at the start of my social media career. It was this weird time between me quitting my job and dropping out and like now and I had no money. I had maybe $100 in my bank account when I flew into the country, which is definitely something you should never do if you ever travel. Please make sure you have money. And also, please make sure you also have, like, an emergency credit card. Because, like, bruh, I was in over my head. So, they're like, you need to fix this. Like, you're going to have to go with this guy and fix his van. And I'm like... Oh, oh, I don't know if I want to do that, but I am deathly scared of confrontation. So I was just willing to do whatever it would take for like to get this man to stop screaming at me. So let this be a cautionary tale of what you absolutely should never do in any situation like this. I got in this man's van that I literally just ruined his vehicle. I got in his van and let him just drive me away to the repair shop. <laughs> I, I, it's a miracle that I wasn't killed there. He literally could have just stabbed me up, cooked me up, and, like, that would have been that. Like, I actually don't know why I did that. That's maybe one of the stupidest things I've ever done in my life. But he wasn't a serial killer, so he drove me to the repair shop. He didn't speak any English, so I was literally just sitting there in silence, like, bawling in the passenger's passenger seat. Good lord, I, my brain is not working. Anyways, we get to the repair shop, and it was, like, $500 to fix his car. I was surprised they just, like, like, quoted me right away. It was surprisingly easy to just, like, get it all fixed. They were like, okay, like, come over here, like, we'll charge you, and then, like, you can, like, go about your day, and you can deal with the motorcycle. So, <laughs> I pay for it, and I already know my bank account's in the red. It was a miracle that the transaction got approved. Like, one minute my credit card's being used at, like, a McDonald's in freaking Alberta, Canada, and the next thing it's paying for a, a whole vehicle replacement in Bali, Indonesia. Like, I'm so amazed that my credit card really pulled through for me. But after that, the um, the guy who rented me the motorcycle, he actually followed the van behind me, which I didn't know, which I'm really thankful for because, like, uh. And he's like, okay, well, like, how are you? Like, are you okay? And I was, like, bleeding, and I couldn't really tell because I still couldn't feel anything. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh. Probably broke my neck, probably broke my back, whatever. But he was like, okay, now about the bike, you're going to have to pay for it. And I'm like, wait a second. Because when I rented the bike, I was very sure, I was very clear that this bike was insured. When I got the contract signing over the bike to me, I made sure that this bike was insured for any accidents. It was on the freaking window saying our bikes are insured at this rental place. 
okay? It's not like I just got it from some random man with a bike. No, this was like an, a business where they insure their bikes. That is that is what you do in a rental place. But this guy somehow thought that I had to pay for the bike. And this was his reasoning. I'll explain why he was why he thought this way. I thought my mom just texted me. That was not my mom. Anyways, <laughs> he said that I did not have an international driver's license. But he never asked me for one. And I gave him my driver's license when I rented it. Mind you, it's just an Alberta's driver's license. It's not an international driver's license. But I didn't even know that those existed. I did not know that that was a thing. He never told me that that was a thing. There was no sign saying that we needed an international driver's license. It wasn't even in that contract. This was something he pulled out of his big fat French butt. Okay? So, I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, you said your bike was insured. And he's like, no, 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 you're confused. You're confused. You you have to pay for this. Like, you're, you're not insured. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. And I start texting my friends. Mom, I swear to God. Anyways, I... I text my friends and I know I said I didn't have a plan before, but what I did was I just like started like data roaming where like if you're in a different country, you can just turn your phone off airplane mode and it'll like connect to like the nearest cell tower. It's freaking expensive. It was like $20 for one phone call, but like kind of an emergency. So I called my friends, told them where I was. They came in like 10 minutes and uh, we, 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 we got home. They like drove me home. I rode on the back of my friend's scooter. And he was like, like the rental guy was like, call me tomorrow. We'll get this figured out. So I get back. I am shooken up. It's starting to set in. Like we're literally all just sitting around and they're like asking me, they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then I just start crying. I just start bawling and I could not stop crying for hours. It was so stressful. And so I'm like, and on top of that, I didn't know how to pay for it. I was already like in debt. Um, I didn't want to ask. Oh my God. <sighs> I didn't want to ask my mom or my friends for money because this they, they quoted me for like literally thousands of dollars. I can't remember the amount, but it was nothing I could pay for at all. Like it was bad. So I, I woke up the next morning and I reread the contract. I found the part where it said all our bikes are insured. And I was feeling really confident which was really surprising because that kind of just shattered my entire ego. It really takes getting hit by a van and flying into the air to like really shatter your ego. But I walked my foreign butt down to that rental office and the French guy wasn't there. He had this assistant there. But I walked in and I showed them the contract and I told this girl, I'm not paying I am not paying for the bike. I'm really sorry I crashed it. I'm really sorry, but also you shouldn't have rented it to me if I needed a, a freaking international driver's license, okay? And she's like, she didn't really speak English that well, but she calls the French guy and I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. We, what about, we were just vibing. What about just us? How about we just talk? And so he arrives like 15 minutes later and he is livid livid he starts calling me he's like he's like you effing foreigner you stupid effing american i should have never trusted you i'm never gonna rent to an effing american again i'm like first of all like literally my driver's license where does it say america also if my mom texts me one more time i will literally emancipate myself even though i'm 21 years old anyways 
he is so mad. He's literally freaking out. And I'm like, all that confidence I had, like storming in there, dissolved away. And he threatens to call the police on me. And not just threatens, he called the police on me. <sighs> this, like I said, this story just goes from bad to worse, literally from bad to worse. And I'm like, I'm not dealing with this. It was like the last day when I, um, um, when I finally like got all this sorted, I don't wait. Yeah. I don't know why I thought this happened the day after the accident. This actually happened the last day. Guys, my brain is not the best. You will, there will be a lot of stories like this where my brain just shuts down. Anyways, it was like either the second last day or the last day when I like stormed in there and like just really said that I wasn't paying. Anyways, anyways. Um, so I like left cause he was still screaming at me and I just like went back to the villa and he told me he called the police on me. He said the police are coming, but he didn't have my address. So I wasn't that scared, but I like, I got out of there. I got out of there very fast. I'm like, I'm not waiting around to see what happens. So I get back and I'm like, so y'all, um, <laughs> I'm not paying, but also I might go to Indonesian prison. So I managed to leave the country. I don't know how I did it. Like, <laughs> I was so scared. I was completely sure that I would get to the airport and there would be like police waiting for me or something. I was actually terrified. Like, this man was so scary. And like, like guys, like I felt bad. I truly did feel bad because like, like I ruined one of his bikes. I didn't mean to, but I did. But I only rented it because it was insured. I never would have rented it if it wasn't. So literally he can stick a baguette up his big butt. Anyways, <laughs> a few weeks later, I'm back in Canada. I'm safe. I fully recovered from the thing. Like I only hurt my back and scraped up my arm and my knees, thankfully. But I start getting these DMs from the owner's daughter. And this girl... <laughs> would DM me every single week on Instagram being like, you absolute scum of the earth, you dirty American. I'm like, oh my God, once again, I'm not even American. I'm not even, I'm like, get it together. At least get your facts straight. And she was so mad all the time, like literally leaving me the meanest DMs. And <laughs> I eventually blocked her. And that was that. But y'all, I actually don't know how I escaped that. Like, that was, like, a situation where I truly just did not think I was going to be able to come back home. I was, like, crying every single day. Like, that police just gave me PTSD. I don't know if you can hear that or not. But I made it home. And I don't think I'm ever going to go back to Indonesia again. It's my fault. But I'm, like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. It was beautiful. Beautiful place. Everyone was lovely there aside from literally that french man and his daughter they can literally suck my toe anyways thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of i almost died i have some crazy stories coming to you weekly and it's gonna be amazing um and also be sure to tweet me how you almost died with the hashtag i almost died podcast tweet me your stories and i will read them at the start of each episode i, I really want to hear your guys' stories um and also please rate this podcast five stars on apple Podcasts. and uh if you're listening on spotify or apple Podcasts or youtube where you're watching it uh please subscribe that helps a ton um and also uh please subscribe to the youtube channel regardless uh we'll see if we can get to we'll see oh my god imagine we get like another youtube plaque for the podcast channel that'd be crazy anyways um thank you to my producer daniel as well as annabelle andrew kevin and amy for helping me get this started 
I am so thankful. Anyways, I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, the end of the week, it's chill.